Join us each week as Andrew, Ray, and others bring us in on one of their weekly phone conversations with an amazing agent. This is Little Oak Weekly. Hi, Ray. Oh. Oh, 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 oh. How about I plug my microphone in? Okie dokie. Okay, Marty, I figured it out. Okay, perfect. <laughs> I hadn't, well, no, it's, it's a human error. I had everything going except I didn't have my microphone plugged in, uh, my headphone. So as a result, (laughs) (laughs) if you don't plug your headphone in, it's pretty hard to get, I could see everything on the screen, you know, but I could not for the life of me, uh, figure out what the heck was going on. Ah, it's all good. We got it. We got it going now. So. Thanks for thanks for coming on the call, Marty Peters. Um, let's jump in by starting off. A lot of people don't know who you are and don't necessarily know what you're doing uh, and how you can be of service and help to people. So, uh, question number one: How long have you been? How long have you been licensed? I've been licensed for just over five years now, and uh, been in real estate for six. I worked as a uh, unlicensed assistant for a little bit with uh, Charles as he was mentoring me through and I was doing the real estate school. So yeah, so I've been around the commercial real estate world for just over six years, I guess, and uh, licensed for five of them. Nice, nice. Uh, You know, um, uh, there's been a few people in our office who have got into the business as a result of doing, you know, some kind of a mentorship, uh, you know, like, like you're, like you're describing of some sort. (laughs) And, um, uh, I, you know, those kinds of things years ago weren't, they weren't even available for agents. You know, they, they you know, people were, you know, the, the people that were in the business were too busy to take anybody on and people would, you know, have all different kinds of thoughts. Like, well, why, why would I show somebody else how to do the business that might actually infringe on my business in the future? You know, or who knows what they were thinking, right? Yep. That's exactly, I think that the thing that holds people back from doing it is, you know, essentially training competition. Um, fortunately I was able to have a relationship with Charles, uh, who's my business partner now before, uh, I, I mentored under him and that made all the difference. I think he knew my character and that I wasn't, uh, looking to just grab his business and his wisdom and take and apply it on my own. It was something that we, we wanted to grow together. And, um, so yeah, we've, we've had a very good partnership over the years, and, uh, do business very similarly, handle our clients very similarly. And as a result, it's, uh, it's been pretty successful. So, um, you you guys have a lot of unique things that you do, um, you know, as as far as the way you run your business, the way you, um, the kind of, you know, the kind of business that you're doing, which is uh, commercial, but you're, you guys are unique in, in a number of ways. Uh, tell us about that. Yeah, the, the typical commercial model that you see from most of the big houses downtown, the Cushman, the Colliers, uh, Aves and Young, JLLs, those sorts of groups, they have very assigned lanes. Uh, the, the lanes where you are either a retail specialist, you're an industrial specialist or, um, you know, office specialist, that kind of thing. And, and in the Fraser Valley, it's too hard to have a specific lane and make a, a happy living while you're doing it. So uh, Charles and I are very general commercial uh, specialists. That's how we would describe ourselves to anybody. And so we do everything from the retail to the office to industrial, uh, whether that's leasing or purchasing. And then we also do some business brokerage, which is where we're 
we don't focus on that per se. It does come across our plate because that's under the commercial umbrella. And when I say business brokers, that's selling uh, businesses that are currently in, in use. And so that's a very specialized field. That's even above my pay grade, in my opinion. Uh, I don't do a lot of it, and we're very selective on that. But um, but yeah, I would say we are a very unique team, and it's just because of the Fraser Valley Dynamics uh, that are involved with it that uh, we become generalists. That's probably the best way to describe it. So uh, one of the things I've noticed, um, I, this is my observation, but you can tell me, the, the, you know, expand on it a little bit more. Uh, it seems to me that a lot of realtors are very comfortable referring their commercial clients to you because they know you're not going to step on their on the residential business that, that would come to them from that client. Uh, talk to us about that a bit. Yeah, that's that's totally accurate. Uh, I'm definitely not a threat when it comes to uh, if someone has a good experience and they want me to try and list their house, I'm very quick to, to push them back to where they came from. Uh, it's just not what I do. I'm not an expert and I'm a firm believer in you need to be an expert in whatever it is that you're doing. I see a lot of people that uh, try to write deals and uh, try to write offers to leases and that sort of thing because they think they're doing their client a favor and I see it on the other side. Um, when you have an inexperienced person on the other side of the deal, it's, it's very difficult to get anything over the line. You're setting unattainable expectations. So uh, circling back to that, I, I'm very quick to remind the, the clients of that, that I don't do houses for a reason, and I will send you back to the people that know the housing market in and out. So you, you kind of raised a point there that I'd like you to, to, to d- jump in on, and that is... Um, a lot of licensees want to do the one-off commercial deal, like and it might be a lease or uh, sometimes uh, I've seen them where they, you know, a lot of times I'll look in the MLS for businesses and I'll see that some guy's got a business listed and uh, I can tell from the listing that he doesn't know what he's doing. I can tell by what he's offering for a commission, just different things because there's a lot of differences. You want to, you just want to address that for a minute because I think that'd be helpful to a lot of people. Yeah, I and I don't. I, I I guess maybe it's if you're in a bit of a slower month, and all of a sudden the carrot gets dangled, and you think, you know what, I can I could probably do that. Um, the reality is you you don't know how to properly evaluate. Uh, you know, if you're looking at a business listing, for example, like you just brought up, there are so many factors going into a business listing. There's obviously your your assets, your depreciated costs of what they are, uh, the books over the last few years. There's a lot of things you have to consider when you're listing a business, and then you have to put a factor on that of all those numbers of how how to put a proper number to it. And it is very obvious, uh, people like myself and Charles that uh, do this day in and day out, you know when somebody's inexperienced on the other side. I've taken advantage of that a few times. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to (laughs) lie. But uh, my job is for my client, not for them. So, you know, you're, you're... it's just not good practice. If you get taken to um, to the council over in experience and, and you have nothing to back yourself up with as to what you've done in the past for a commercial or who, who you contacted while you're doing this listing, you're going to be in trouble. And I think that's what it comes down to. You know, um, you're talking and I'm, I'm thinking to myself, uh, it, you know, there's, it, it, I guess in, in real estate, whether it's residential or commercial, uh, there's a certain, there's a bunch of language, there's a bunch of vernacular that new people begin to learn, and it, it, you know, then it makes sense to them on, on on both sides. And one of the things about 
the commercial business is the commercial business has its own language and its own terms. And so you can tell the other person doesn't know because they don't know the language and they're saying things that their client told them to say. And you're, you and I are maybe reading it and wondering like, what the heck are they talking about? Do you want to comment? You know, like, like for instance, one of the, one of the obvious ones is when somebody lists something for sale and they tell us what the gross income is and like, we're supposed to be impressed, right? <laughs> right. Yep. That's uh, yeah. So on the investment side, when um, a lot of our portfolio is, is yeah, clients that have excess money and they want to tie it up into a, for example, an income producing property. And uh, you're, you're right. You see these people that list the gross income coming in. Well, no investor cares about the gross income. They care about the net income. And, um, and that, that is very quick and obvious. Like I said, you can flesh out pretty quick if, if someone knows what they're doing on the other side or not. And, uh, and talking about cap rates and, and things that generally most people don't understand fully how that works and what that means. And for guys like Ray, who have the CCIM uh, that I'm working towards, it's uh, the IRR, the internal rate of return. Understanding all those concepts is very uh, important and your, your clients will be much, um, will be serviced much better if, if they have someone like yourself representing them and uh, know what to look for and, and how to take advantage of the opportunities that are out there. Marty, the idea here is that people would call you because you know what you're doing, not that they would call me, but... <laughs> True. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but but the whole idea, you know, the concept that people buy streams of income, and and if you're a commercial realtor, one of the things you're selling is streams of income. It that is a foreign concept to most residential people. It, yeah, it, it it's exactly what it is, and there's it's understanding when you're looking at a vacant building, for example, how do you? It's not just bricks and mortar. Uh, it there's how are you looking at that from an income perspective? How many units can we have? How long is it going to take to fill it up? What's the vacancy rate? Uh, that that sort of thing. There, there's all these formulas that you need to apply. And uh, so for guys like myself that do this day in and day out, I, I have all these formulas that I, I plug in and I can figure it out. And, um, you know, I recently worked with someone that was uh, struggling through this and, and I could tell that they'd spent hours and hours and hours trying to go through this and figure out what made sense. And, you know, and for me, it took me about half an hour and I could put through what I thought was a very realistic uh, evaluation. And so sometimes it's just you know, circling back to referring. Sometimes it's just easier to refer it out when you spend hours putting time into things you don't know. You, you just don't know what you don't know. That's really what it comes down to. Exactly. It's like, um, it's like, uh, you, you know, understanding the, you know, the equation that net income um, uh, you know, or the return, the rate of return is equal to the net income divided by the price. And a lot of times when I'm, uh, and I'm sure you're the same way, when you're asking questions to somebody who has listed something, that basically what you're trying to do is find out those two, one of, uh, two of those three things. Yeah. So, you, so yeah. you're trying to find out two of, those three, two of those three things. And then usually what you're trying to find out is, uh, is, is what the net income is. And then because they've advertised a price and now you say, so you want to sell something with, with, and with, there's no rate of return here. Right. Uh, yep. so you know, quite, quite often my deals, I bring, um, my own evaluation. I, I, I could care less what they listed at. I, once I have those numbers from them, I'm able to calculate my own and sit down with my numbers in front of them and say, okay, well, this is the numbers don't lie. So, this is what I have. How are you getting to that number? 
And if you have somebody inexperienced on the other side, it's very easy to walk over them. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, so let me let me let, you know we've delved into a, in in the first few minutes into some of the details of um, that you know you, you need to know or you should know if you're going to do commercial sales. But let's kind of switch gears for a little bit and um, let me ask you this question: What were some of the things? Uh, relative to how you you were thinking prior to getting into real estate and into commercial real estate, what were some of the ways you thought and how you changed some of your thinking as you went along? Yeah, I, so prior to real estate, I was in commercial construction. So I came from a commercial background in general. I uh, started with the Overweighty Food Group to build uh, and renovate their stores all over British Columbia as a project manager, and then I switched over when. Um, things slowed down in the market, I switched to a millwork company and I did architectural millwork all over Vancouver and the lower mainland, mostly in medical and dental offices. So I came from a very commercial background, understood construction very well, which is why I felt going into commercial real estate made a lot of sense because I could speak to the tenant improvement costs fairly easily and I could understand the issues that would arise and uh, be able to give a, a bit of a full picture to, to potential people going into a space. So I would say prior to coming into it, how I would look at a property was very construction focused. Now I look at it from all angles because I understand the costs. I understand the purchase price, um, you know, from a tenant's perspective, how long is it going to take to build out? So I can think of what those numbers are going to look like and be able to apply, uh, whether lease or, or sale, uh, apply a formula that makes sense for, for both sides. Nice. Nice. Um, what um, what do you find yourself? Uh, what what kind of stuff are you are you mostly working on in your in your practice? Um, I, it it depends on what's going on. So I, 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 for example, we did Central Park over the last couple of years. That was uh, where Trading Post is on Gladwin Road in Abbotsford. It was a thirty or sorry sixty thousand square feet of combination of office and retail. Uh, so we get projects like that where we you know spend considerable time leasing um and and leasing in our business is a bit of the cash flow it's uh they're smaller deals and typically they're faster paying as opposed to a purchase or an investment property uh which are longer uh but the deals are bigger so i, I would say our leasing is our is our steady and uh but the investment world has always been something that we've um been able to stay steady at as well. The deals just take longer and are a bit more complicated and don't come across quite as often as the leasing does. So on an annual basis, um, how many leases will you guys uh, put in place? Um, good question. I, I mean, last year we did 78 transactions. Uh, I would say about 50% of them were, were leases uh, last year, but that's again, because we had Central Park involved well some of the bigger bigger leasing projects but uh, i would say our portfolio is about 50 50 for for leasing and sales over the past five years now i don't know if a lot of people know this or not but uh, i happen to be at r4 this year um and charles uh charles i got invited i guess i got invited to one of the the, the award sessions on the side uh for the commercial awards um and uh, I, I mean, I think I was there with Charles and you weren't there, but I was, uh, I, I mean, you weren't in the room, but I think you were at the conference. And then all of a sudden we realized uh, your team was going to get a huge award. You want to tell us a bit about that? Yeah. Yeah. It was a little, uh, I, I 
I don't know. We don't keep too in tune with the stats. I guess we're just doing what we do. But uh, yeah, we ended up cleaning up a little bit with some hardware. We uh, we brought home number six uh, for commercial teams with Remax in Canada, uh, and then in number nine for top uh, commercial teams in the world. As uh, so we took home two very unexpected awards for that, that uh, uh, now sit proudly in our office. And uh, yeah, so it, it caught us both by surprise. It was obviously very encouraging and um but yeah it, it uh, wasn't something that we were focused on per se it just seemed to happen well it it is um i mean i, I know you're kind of not trying to blow your own horn but i i was there and i'm thinking that's amazing because you know from a you know a small commercial team in the fraser valley to go up against commercial teams and i know i know some of these commercial people in in colorado in texas in florida i know some of these people and i know the business they do and i'm thinking you guys kicked a lot of people's butts and got way up there in the top 10 of uh, remax commercial in the world that's that's like mind-boggling <laughs> <laughs> it, it really actually it is uh, especially when you see some of the names below that uh you know the vancouver guys even that i that i know it's yeah it's impressive um yeah but it's it's one year. It's great. Uh, this year, I don't know where we're sitting currently, but uh, I know that we were top 10 again. Uh, we're on pace for it, so I'm not sure where we're ending up as of today, but uh should be pretty close again, which would be great. Do you have, de- do you have deals closing today? <laughs> uh, n- nothing today. I had one uh, close just before Christmas, 23rd. So well, you know, it's the, end, it's the end of the year, and we're trying to get everything done. Matter of fact, I personally am trying to close the deal. And it was supposed to close yesterday, but the, we're just waiting for the funds to go through and maybe the deal will close. So that's always those uh, nail biting times. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you see, so that, you, you mentioned something earlier and that is, um, you mentioned there was a real, uh, it was a real good thing for people to understand that the leasing part of the business creates cash flow because it happens uh, usually on a quicker turnaround. But when you're selling investment properties, I mean, it can take, uh, it can take years. Yeah. Yeah, the, I think the longest one we've had is uh, well, just under three years. By the time we got rezoning, uh, all the environmental work done, it yeah, it, it was a, a very long, drawn-out process. And it, every deal is so unique and complicated that uh, some some of them just drag out longer. But I would say on average, our typically six to nine months for due diligence is not unheard of. So uh, you know, taking a year or two is not out of the question to get paid. So. It is a bit more of a drawn out process. And I think that's probably the biggest hurdle for people getting into commercial that want to do only commercial is they don't understand that that, that first year is going to be really rough. Um, I mean, I, I'll, I'll be able to speak to that myself. It was uh, my first year was awful for what I brought in, um, but it was the necessary thing that I had to do in order to get to where I am today. And everybody builds into their education a little differently. Mine just Cost me my bottom line for the first uh, year and a bit, but definitely where I've been able to bring the business to since has been great, and um, not looking back now. That's good. You see, when you, it's one of those things where you put in the, you put in the work and you put in the foundation. Now you can reap the benefits. And for a lot of people who want to do commercial work, they don't, maybe they don't quite realize that there's a lot of foundation, a lot of sowing of seed that uh, isn't necessarily going to gonna, gonna uh, come to fruition uh, maybe until years down the road. Correct. Yeah, that's uh, 100% right. And I'm a firm believer that people will read you like a book. So if you come in there and your commission's all you're focused on, people will read that and walk away from you 
very quickly. Uh, you you want to make sure that you're going in there looking out for their best interest. And my philosophy of how I've been able to get to where I am is here's the facts you need to make an educated decision. Whatever that decision is, you follow your gut and uh, I'm, I'm behind you no matter what. So I, I don't negotiate my clients. Uh, Charles is very much the same way, but we will negotiate hard on your behalf. Very good. So a little change of thought here. Uh, tell us, tell me one, what, what comes to mind when I say um, one, one of the biggest business lessons or lessons in real estate sales or uh, as a broker, one, what's one of the biggest lessons that you've learned in the last few years? Yeah, I would say, uh, hmm, good question, Ray. Uh, I, you know what, I, probably, again, I, I see so many different character types and people coming in and out of the commercial world for a deal or two, and then they're gone again. Um, I would say that the biggest thing I've learned is just to not have a personal agenda. It, you know, it circles back to what I just said, but it's just, it's so obvious when people are in it for the wrong reason. And um, so I would say that the biggest thing is just to maintain who you are, stay true to who you are, keep your ethics. Um, you know, people are going to screw up. There's no question, but it's how you handle those screw ups. So think of, Think of always just being true to yourself and, uh, and are you doing the right thing for your client? Is your client best served by you doing the transaction that you're doing? That kind of thing. What's your outlook for uh, 2021? Well, <laughs> as the sun sets on uh, 2020 today, it's been a very interesting year. I mean, we had an excellent first quarter. Second quarter slowed right down. We actually had uh, a fairly large substantial deal for a industrial investment property and uh, it ended up not going through at the last second because of COVID. Uh, so we did lose a fair bit of business there for a while. And what we have in the books for 2021, 2021 is looking great. Uh, and it, it, it's interesting. I've even done showings as of this morning for retail spaces, things that I didn't think would happen. Uh, I would say retail is probably the most hard hit sector that we've been dealing with offices, Still maintaining for right now. Industrial is hotter than ever. It's uh, it's going to be very interesting in 2021 as leases come up and 2022 as leases come up uh, to expiry. Uh, if people want to downsize or upsize, it's going to be I think a market um, as far as office and retail things are going to be shifting, and so I think it's going to be very busy going forward for us. So what are you seeing in the market um, relative to vacancies? Uh, in different uh, different areas like retail or office or is where is the, where is the vacancies growing and and where is there a shortage of product? Okay, so yeah, if we if we start with industrial, industrial has uh, less than two percent vacancy in Abbotsford right now. It's it's unbelievable. You can't keep it fast enough. Uh, we have a, a project coming up in 2021, the end of 2021, 60,000 square feet of new industrial. And the amount of action I'm getting on that, uh, it just shows that people are just chomping for anything industrial right now. Uh, when it comes to office, uh, vacancy is uh, still quite low. Uh, it's around four, four and a half to five percent, uh, which is historically quite low for Abbotsford. We, when I first got into the business, it was up around fifteen percent. So things have definitely shifted over the years, and we're seeing a lower, lower vacancy. Uh, and then retail, retail has been interesting over the last you know, five, six years that I've been in this, retail in Abbotsford specifically has not been very high, uh, but there also hasn't been a lot of demand for it. 
So as we have seen new malls come in and out now, we have uh, McCallum Junction where Cabela's is that mall filled up. Uh, Central Park has uh, a couple of vacancies in it, but the, I would say the the average uh, retail vacancy would be probably around right now. It's probably sitting around ten uh, percent. So how it's about been higher in how about the retail space uh, across the the valley? I mean, you know, I mean, what, what have you know, what have you noticed? Yep, yeah, I would say uh, so. Industrial again is very similar across the board, uh, all the way from Surrey out here to uh, to Abbotsford. Has been there's nothing really available. When it does come available, it's gone. Prices are jumping to all time highs uh, per acre. So definitely industrial is hot. Uh, office, I would say across the board is. Uh, probably hovering around a nine to ten percent uh, in, in the Fraser Valley perspective, and uh, retail is probably around a twelve percent at the moment. But that number, I believe, will increase. Yeah, I, I, I I've talked to a lot of people who um, have had to work from home, and now their employers uh, realize that um, if they're happy working from home, that why would they bring them back to an office? They, matter of fact, I've heard people, uh, both employers and employees, both from both sides, say they're actually getting more done. They're get, they're more productive working from home because they don't have to. They've cut out their travel time, and they enjoy their that way. They get to enjoy more, you know, family time when they're not working, and they get their work more. You know, they get their work done and then some. So it's gonna affect it's gonna affect the demand or the need for office space in the future. Correct. But uh, the other thing or the other side of the coin to that is that everybody has already pre-signed these leases. So maybe they signed them two, three years ago and they still have two or three more years remaining on their lease terms. So I think to fully understand the effect of what we've just gone through, it's going to take a couple of years to flesh all that out. But mm-hmm. I do agree with you, Ray, that there's going to be companies uh, that are going to downsize. And then I've also seen the other side of it where companies are actually looking to grow because, you know, for whatever reason, their, their business thrived during COVID growing. Uh, so we've seen a lot of that on the uh, in the online market, um, or sorry, computer systems and and creations that sort of thing. They they actually want more space. Uh, so it's it's been very interesting to kind of see how this COVID impact has played out. Well, you uh, you kind of jumped into my you you started to answer my next question. The the question was um what what do you see for opportunities in twenty you know going forward in twenty twenty one and and beyond in terms of commercial? What's your op- what is, what are some of the opportunities out there? Yeah, I, I, again, it's. I, I think that there are certain sectors that are doing very well as a result of what's happened here in 2020. And um, yeah, the, the, the shared office concept is something that uh, I do think is going to be more of a demand. Uh, so that is, you know, where companies have um, got rid of their office space and then their employees go to a shared workspace. So like WeWork, for example. Uh, I do think that there's going to be a demand for for things like that. So an opportunity for that across the board, across Fraser Valley. Um, like I said, there are some computer industries that are doing very well as as a result of this as well. So they're they're going to be looking to grow, and uh, then there's going to be ones that are downsizing. So um, I I do think that there's going to be opportunities on on both sides for for growing and downsizing. You know what we um, we haven't been hit as hard in our area in the Lower Mainland uh, as in some other cities like in Calgary, uh, for sure. I'm in touch with commercial guys in Calgary, and the, the the vacancy rate on office space downtown Calgary is unbelievable. 
it's like um, it's well over thirty percent of their of their space is vacant. And as a matter of fact, they don't even want to they don't even want to discuss the stats of what's vacant because it's it's pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, it's been uh, and same with industrial. There's tons of industrial available out there as well. Wow. Okay, so you have any any thoughts of uh, to people that are thinking about getting into the commercial field? You know, they may be working in residential, or they may be um, they may be thinking of just getting into the commercial business uh, as a realtor. You got any thoughts for them? Yeah, I would say. I mean, I've talked to a lot of agents over the years from our our office here. I'm pretty open book. If you got a deal that you're working on and you feel that you just need some advice or you know, outside your realm, I'm happy to give you some advice and, and tell you what uh, makes the most sense. Um, I might even just tell you to refer it, but uh, but I'm happy to try and work with you too to, to get it across the, the board. And uh, like I said, I've, I've dealt with a few in the office and have done that for them. And um, yeah, it's just kind of who, who I am and what we are. Uh, I should probably be more guarded with some of my information, but again, I, I just want to make sure that everybody's uh, doing the proper job and the best job for their clients. Well, I, I want to thank you for uh, a lot of people in our office who've had um, some kind of a commercial lead or they think they got some commercial business. I've, I sent them to you and you've helped them out. And, um, it, it, you know, I don't want to see these people that are just getting going in residential start trying to do a commercial deal or a bunch of commercial deals. And they kind of, it's, they stray away from what they've been learning and they aren't expert yet into an area where they know nothing. So thanks for, you know, helping a lot of those people. Yeah, no problem. No problem at all. And I'll keep sending them to you. <laughs> Perfect. Like. Well, Marty, uh, I want to wish you a happy new year and thanks for getting on the call. And, um, you know, maybe uh, later on in the year, in the new year, I'll probably circle back and um, get a, get a commercial update from you later on. Sounds great. Appreciate it, Ray. Thanks so much. Have a great new year. Same to you, my friend. Take care. Yeah, take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.